Hey there, welcome to the Creative Metaverse Podcast, formerly known as the Game Artist Podcast. My name is Ryan Kingsline, and I'm the CEO of Vertex School, where we train creatives for the career of their lives. In this podcast, we interview amazing creatives and artists working in film, games, and building the metaverse right now. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Before I turn you over to the podcast, I just want to remind you that this podcast is made possible because of Game Art Institute. So if you're interested in a career in game arts, either in character arts or environment or one of the other directions that we're moving into in game design, for example, AR, VR, then head over to GameArtInstitute.com. The specialty, the thing that we really focus on there and that's really important is that we pick up where almost all traditional schooling fails. We pick up where it really matters when you're trying to get that job, right? Now, you may have gone to school. You may know somebody who's gone to school and they've spent $100,000 and they have been woefully unprepared to get that job in the industry because this industry doesn't care if you went to Harvard. They don't care if you know Jimmy Jack, Sally Sue. They care about your work, and that means that you've got to be in a place, in a state, in a way where you are focused on producing the highest quality work that you can possibly produce. That's what we do at the boot camp. You come in, we get focused, and we produce results. So head over to GameArtInstitute.com. You can head over to the um, student work or the alumni page where you can see what our students are doing. That'll give you an idea of what people are producing. And if you're interested, make sure that you apply today so we can get into the uh, phone call with you. And we are looking for students and uh, we have spots to fill. So make sure you give us a call. And I look forward to chatting with you then. All right, now back to the programming. Mario, I'm just going to ask you some questions. Um, uh, the primary thing, real quick, can you remind me, like, what do you do in, the, in your day job? Uh, actually, right now, my day job recently changed a lot because I started my own company. So I don't really do much 3D lately. Yeah. Well, I try, but it's difficult for me. But when I was freelancing and doing most, most of the time 3D, uh, usually awesome. it's small talk with clients in the morning to see, to catch up with them, see if we're on the right track with the segment and have a small chat about uh, what we should address or go forward in the day. Um, well, this, is a, this is an exciting topic, actually. We can just jump right into this. Um, All right. Yeah, so what made you start your own company? Actually, uh, it was... Uh, the most rational next step uh, because yeah. uh, I was getting a lot of job inquiries. Uh, the first solution I tried to apply was to increase the, my price, my daily price, uh, so that I, I didn't have much clients doing that, but that didn't really work. I still got a lot of clients, so couldn't really manage all the work myself. Uh, so I started hiring uh, one or two freelancers to help me, uh, but I still had some more work for more people, so I thought, what the heck, I should create a company and, and try my luck in there, and that's what I'm doing right now. Okay, but now, a lot of people, like, it might be the next rational step, but I mean, it's got to be scary, yeah? Yeah, it's quite scary. Uh, you can see the money is, is dragging very fast at the beginning, because mm -hmm. you have to do a... Uh, uh, a lot of things in the beginning, like getting 
high-end computers which are not cheap you also have to pay the first uh, the first salaries for the employees you also have to pay some taxes and register some things mm -hmm. so it's actually quite expensive and scary and also you're not sure if you're going to be able to keep up with this amount of work for a long period period of time so you have to try so that you don't let people down well, how, you know, this is a question I think a lot of people have, both beginning freelancers and I think other people starting, you know, their own business. How do you figure out pricing and, and, and really developing that offer for, mm -hmm. the, um, for the client, right? Because, uh, you know, on one level, you could think there's just an asset they need to be developed, but there's more that you can deliver than that, right? Yeah, of course. So the approach I did back in the day, I didn't really know how how the pricing in the industry was. So I didn't have also connections, so couldn't ask them. So what I did is to set a price uh, that could afford me to, to live and, and pay all my expenses, uh, but trying to get it as high as possible uh, and see if some clients will be interested in my work for that price uh, if they, if they were, which was the case, uh, next client that arrived, I will ask him for a little bit more, maybe, I don't know, like $25 extra per day or 50. Um, that with every new client. So in the end, you, you're getting closer to the actual rate your work is worth. And you'll realize at some point, if you go above that price, uh, usually the answer is no, we are not interested maybe because they can really afford it for the project they're working on or maybe because you're not as great as you think so i think that the best way to get to your perfect daily rate is uh, try to be realistic with the quality you're delivering try to also keep in mind that the client might not need that super duper quality you can do so maybe you have to adjust the price to what he's going after and see if it's worth for you. So there is a lot of things you have to keep in mind. But yeah, I think a good price has to be set for a specific situation. Got it. All right. So, you know, how do we figure out that first number? You know, because you might say uh, somebody's got to figure out like what they can live on, but um, should they calculate that on working 40 hours a week or 30 hours a week? and um, 20 hours a week, you know, because in the beginning you may not be working a ton. So, yeah, that's right. So, I think again, that's uh, probably my personal situation. Uh, but when I started freelancing, I only had one job before that. So, I didn't really have like an average estimation of the price of 3D stuff. <laughs> so what I did is to ask a little bit more of that uh, salary I had uh, to pay my own taxes and everything. Uh, and that's how I did the calculation. But uh, you have to also try not to go very low because uh, if all of us start offering really low prices for uh, a job that requires love and technique and hard work, uh, probably the the whole profession is going to be devaluated uh, for the long time. So usually try to set a price which you think is fair, but not too low or not too high. And maybe you can 
you can do some research about where the client is from because they don't pay the same in London than they do in Santa Monica or something like that. Right. So you can ask more for people from more, uh, let's say, rich countries or with better uh, economy. <laughs> Got it. Great. Okay. So, and really, what that means is, is you know, you you, you pick the wage that you're getting paid. Um, you got to add a little bit more for taxes, and then you just you got to start. You got to mm -hmm. start. You got to offer that first client something, and then, you know, you 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 adjust from that first client. But um, did you have any situation where you kind of put something out there in the beginning, and you had to, you know, they said no, and you had to retract and? Yeah. And Actually, more than one time, and it happened. It, it keeps happening. Like sometimes you think that uh, the value of the work you're going to be doing for this claim is certain amount, so you go for that amount, and they they say completely no. Like they are not interested in paying that money for that job. So maybe you really want that job, and you are not unhappy doing that work for a, a bit less money. So. Mm -hmm. I think the best way to do it is to be honest, be friendly, uh, try to work something out with the client, see if in the end it can work for both parts. And if it do, great. Yeah, you get a, a new job and the client will be happy. And if it doesn't, well, uh, a new client will arrive at some point, so it's not really a big deal. Hmm. Yeah. What got you into all of this? Into oh, sorry? 3D and... And, uh, and into the art side. What got you into it? Mm, actually, uh, I didn't really want to start doing uh, 3D. I started uh, programming. So what I was attracted to was video games and creating some like stories, interactive stories and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but I realized after a few months that programming was not as fun as I thought. Yeah. So I tried some uh, academy, which was in my city, that they were teaching 3D and see if that was better choice. Uh, didn't really like it at the beginning and I was skipping all the classes and I was not enjoying a lot doing 3D. Uh, but some good teacher of mine, when I, which I think is one of your current students, I'm not going to say his name, but pretty sure he's <laughs> in your boot camp. <laughs> yeah. So you can he, say there's no problem. Yeah, <laughs> it was a pretty good one, and um, he got me interested a little bit more into this. Awesome. All right. And then, uh, you know, you came in as a programmer, mm -hmm. and you get into the art side of it. You know, how did you develop these skills? Like, what was the process? Because, you know, the stuff that you've produced shows, you know, some some amazing aesthetic. and. Mm -hmm. And, and, and a lot of work, <laughs> like this hard surface. So how did you train yourself to start to you know learn this, to do it so well? So uh, the beginning is where it was just doing some small steps. Uh, not sure if I have some of the first things I did in here, but they were pretty bad, I can tell you. Uh, so it was like some uh, head sculpting like this one, for example, but it was very, very bad. So you, you start trying to, to learn step by step. Like, let's say you start learning how to block out the proportions of something you, you are looking in real life. Uh, but 
you're you still suck at every other thing you have to do to get that finished. So mm -hmm. let's focus on one aspect, like block out first, and okay. then once once you're very good with this, you can jump into maybe. Okay, I'm going to try doing some wrinkles just for fun, or maybe now I'm going to try doing some small hard surface pieces like. You don't really have to go big and do a whole project. You you can, for example, try use this the handle, and try to get it very clean. So start step by step, trying to learn small chapters of what you are going to be writing in the end. And once you have like study uh, many aspects of the same thing, like uh, different hard surface techniques or different sculpting techniques, in the end your brain combines everything and you start getting better in, in, in a global aspect. So best advice I think is go step by step, don't get frustrated, uh, study small things and then try to combine every small thing you have studied. Okay, that makes sense. Chuck it, chunk it down small enough so you get something and then mm -hmm. focus on, this is interesting actually because a lot of times what I see students and myself get into is, you know, we focus on the big picture. Mm -hmm. And so we focus on, hey, I made a, uh, a gun case. Yeah, you know, it's like 50% done and this part's crap and, you know, that part's crap. Mm -hmm. um, but I made a gun case. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas I've seen successful artists time after time after time say, you know, who cares about the gun case if it looks like crap? Mm -hmm. make, make the gun handle beautiful mm -hmm. you know make yeah. the briefcase handle beautiful exactly and then move on from there yeah and also one common mistake is to try and be the best in the in the community at at the very beginning of your career like mm. let's say someone watched a really cool work on on trend, trending on our station you go like oh i'm going to try doing this and this is quite complex yeah. And you try, and you fail, and you go like, "Oh, I'm not really worth for this uh, this profession," and you get right. frustrated because you cannot do this what this guy is doing. But maybe this guy has been sculpting for ten years. Yeah. So don't try to go into something very complex, um, which requires many hours of study. Yeah. Yeah, and this is beautiful. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty nice. good work. <laughs> uh, but how do you do that? How do you how, how do I say this? How do you um, square that um, at the level that you're at right now? You know, so like you, you're working these beautiful hard surface and and then now Vitaly Bulgarov goes around and posts something. So yeah. <laughs> you know, how, how do you square, you know, this desire for us to be the best with, you know, all the, you know, definitely, at, you know, as we get at higher and higher levels, you know, the air gets rarer and rarer. Um, mm -hmm. But do you still look at competition and still try to, you know, beat people out or how do you think about that now? Uh, yeah, I think that's something that is also very common or at least it was in the uh, work atmosphere I was before. Yeah. Uh, the ego thing. A mm -hmm. lot of artists has, have a lot of trouble with ego stuff. Like they yeah. try to step over each other and they try to be the best or I don't know, like they, they really have issues with that. Uh, but I think that's not the workaround you, you have to, to go for. Like you, you don't have to be worrying about other people because uh, if you go to 
to web pace you you instantly get overflowed with a lot of talented people and that's very frustrating because i can i can tell you for sure uh, even if i can do some hard surface cool stuff i can't do this I, and this guy is really good for example so if i see this guy and then i see this guy and then i see this other thing like i get instantly frustrated uh, so the, be the best way to get better and better is not really to compare yourself to others because you will get frustrated instantly. It's mm -hmm. just to, to try and focus yourself uh, to a future goal where you want to get, even if it's not 3D artists, uh, just a life goal you want to achieve and see the best way you can get in there, uh, the most efficient way to get there. Maybe it's by practicing every day hard surface, maybe it's sculpting, maybe you just have to be good enough so that you can jump into a lead artist and then you want to organize teams. I don't know, it can be many different things, but for sure you don't have to compare to others. You have to focus on your path and follow step by step your plan. Got it. Great, okay, look, I'm looking at one question. When you... mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I'm reading some questions now. Yeah. Yeah. So Rashid was asking, when you're trying to get things trending in ArtStation, were you posting the same render in every page and forum, or did you cater different renders to the same mesh for each forum or page, or, or really, this is a bigger question of, you know, what do you consider is important in presenting presenting your work? You know, both from the position you're in now, where you you know you're running a business. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and if there's any changes from when you were you know just a, a freelancer. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, actually, it's a good question, Rajit. Uh, at first, I was trying to post my work in every existing page, and that was interesting because there is a lot of them. So you end up spending a lot of time focusing on advertising your art, which is not a bad thing, uh, but you, you lose time of practice, which is also very important. So what I end up doing is uh, it's pretty lame, okay, so don't judge me. <laughs> but I end up uh, like agreeing with a group of friends. Okay, let's try and see what does it take to get to trending in our station? How many likes in how many minutes? Mm. So we, this doesn't work anymore, by the way, but uh, a couple of years ago or three, if you get, if, if you got six likes in less than a minute, you were instantly on trending number one. <laughs> so. We used to we used to do that out, <laughs> but that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, um, there's always the strategy of you know hiring your own ClickBank. Yeah. Folks. So <laughs> you can always you know, a couple thousand dollars later. I'm trending. <laughs> Yay! Nah, that's that's not really the way. Okay, now the the good advice uh, I think should be uh, try to make. Uh, the best of your work every time. Do not go crazy and spend a whole year polishing one thing, but once you think that you got that feeling you, you liked and you're happy with it, try upload it and see what happens. You don't really need to buy clickbait or anything. It was just a joke. Uh, but you will realize that some works you're expecting a lot of attention, they will yeah. get none and you think, okay, maybe this was not that good and you learn from that experience. And maybe some others think this work is completely trash and it explodes. 
for example, this this work I did uh, a couple of years ago, I think I did this in like, I don't know, two days or three days. I, I thought it was not going to go anywhere. And I think it's been the, the most famous work of my portfolio. So just try post what you think is cool and it will probably suck sometimes, work sometimes. So get the times it works and try to replicate that as most times as possible. Great, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, but now when you're talking about some of this work that takes 3D, or it takes three days, four days, um, what are some of the strategies that you use to kind of produce 3D work quickly? Because, you know, 3D work is probably the slowest <laughs> on the planet, right? Yeah. Like you can get in and paint this stuff. I'm like, done in three hours. But you open up Maya and you're like, oh, I just got Maya open in three hours. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, I, I think that, yeah, it can be frustrating sometimes because it takes a lot to do some works. Um, so what I try to do is never go to, to crazy and personal stuff. So you will see with clients work, I try to spend more, more time and more love in them. Uh, but when it's personal, just try to to be as efficient as possible because, yeah, you can do personal stuff for learning, uh, yeah. but you, if you have work, you're probably going to learn stuff working too. So what I try to do with personal work is to make it as cool as possible in the less time possible. So that it's like a advertisement only. Something mm -hmm. pretty that doesn't require much skill to do because you can see all the personal stuff are used like uh, shitty photo bash city a sketch so they're not really good pieces it's just pretty stuff with pretty renders and well, I, I, I just go on record and say that your definition of shitty is different than mine so <laughs> no but but i mean it's, it's not i i don't think it's shitty because i wouldn't upload it otherwise but yeah but i mean that if you go closer to this photo for example yes right i get it you know if you zoom you, in the level of detail yeah, shows you will you see know. this is just a sketch in zebras but right. people yeah people don't really spend more than 10 seconds in your post so they will go oh i like this yeah cool 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 okay yeah like go and they will close so you don't really have to spend long hours to impress people. Uh, I think it's a couple of days, maybe one week is good enough to to give a good impression if you get a good render. Uh, so I never go too crazy with personal stuff. What I try to, to do is something that if you see the thumbnail looks good and people will, will, will only click on the thumbnails they like. So you go to trending and you're not impressed by the thumbnail, you're not going to go and see all the work this person has put into the piece. So try to do something catchy in the thumbnail. People will click on it. And if it's good enough, they, they will like it and share it. Got it. All right. Well, now um, let's talk about your, the, your company. How do you find work today? What do you, what, really have you found to be kind of a more the more stable lead generator so to speak mm -hmm. uh, well now it's a lot easier for me because i've been freelancing almost for three years so i've made some contacts and also i knew some people from the studio so 
it's not really the same situation for me as for other people, but a mm -hmm. uh, general advice that could work is that every person you met in the industry, uh, even if you think it's no one, uh, because it could be no one today, but it will be probably a very good artist in a few years. So try to be really friendly, try to help them, try to, if it's someone who is starting, try to help them grow and give good advice to them. If it's someone who is a lot better than you and you really admire them, go in a friendly way. Don't be too, I don't know how to say that word, but don't try to spam them and go really insistent on them. Just say hi, see if they are okay with talking to you. Maybe ask some advice, say, oh, I love your work. And if you're friendly with everyone, you will realize that in a couple of years you will have a lot of contacts on Facebook, a lot of contacts on Skype, on, on the mail. And maybe there, those contacts doesn't really worth anything now, but maybe one day you will need some freelance this month or for the next two months. And then if you have been friendly with everyone, you can go to everyone and, and say, hey, I'm available for work. And they will probably be uh, more likely to recommend you to some people who is also looking for uh, for artists mm -hmm. than if you have been rude or you don't even bother in helping on or contacting them. Got it. So yeah, be friendly and you will get contacts. <laughs> yeah. What about network events like um, Trojan Horse or um, there's a couple of other things um, mm -hmm. that are out there. Do you do you recommend attending those or have have those burned themselves out now? Uh, it depends. Uh, I went last summer to Trojan Horse. It was the first mm -hmm. and last event I will ever attend. Not because it was bad, but because I think those kind of events are more focused on introducing really, really early artists to the community and to opportunities than for people who has been in the industry already for a couple of years. Right. So even if you're a junior artist and you're already working, I think that's not worth it to go to some of them. I haven't gone to all of them, just to one. But that's the impression I get from uh, the interviews you see on YouTube, the talks, and, and also the, the event I attended. It's very good for doing networking because you meet a lot of people. But if your objective is to, to get some, some work and you already have work, is not it doesn't really make sense you just go if you really want to make connections and get some work so i think it's more for starters and juniors than if you're already settled that settled up in the industry got it okay uh all right so what do you think are like one of the one or two of the key things that people who are looking to be a freelancer, what do you think is, is essential for them to kind of put in their portfolio? Mm, it will probably be different for every person if they're going to uh, try go for prop artists, weapon artists, or concept yep. designer. Yep. So obviously it's something that is related to where you're looking for, but in terms of what they should put, mm, Put only the thing you're happy with, even if it's not good, uh, and remove the stuff you're not really happy with, and try to be a little bit selective. Uh, put mm. only the stuff you're more happy with, because in the end, you're going to be spending 
many, many hours doing the work they hire you for. So it better be something you enjoy doing. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to be like blaming all the gods uh, every <laughs> damn day. <laughs> Not just one, but we're yeah. going to move to India so we can blame a thousand more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, just, just put good stuff that you enjoy doing and the work will come at some point. So don't be too worried about the stuff you have like, oh, I'm not getting any work now. Maybe this is not good enough. So just keep doing stuff, the stuff you love, you upload it, the stuff you don't love, just keep it for yourself. That makes sense. Um, do you think, uh, well, what I'd really like to know is like, um, is how, it, what your experience is like freelancing in, uh, I think you're in Spain, right? Uh-huh. Uh, so freelancing in Europe versus, you know, maybe in Canada or North America, um, if you know mm -hmm. people that are there, is there some difference between location? Do you find that your clients tend to have to be kind of located in Europe or are you all over the, the world? That's actually a very, very good question. Um, actually, a very good one. Uh, so my clients tend to be all from the United States oh. and some from Canada because mm -hmm. the industry is mostly focused in there or UK. Yeah. So it's, it's very likely to get more clients from there. <laughs> but uh, if you are European, uh, my advice is don't get European clients usually because uh, you're going to be paying more taxes. Like you have some obligations which are a lot, ex a lot more expensive than the ones you have with uh, clients from the US. Oh wow! So yeah, yeah, it, you have to pay around 21% extra in taxes if the client is from the bad zone, VAT zone, sorry. Okay. Uh, then you have to pay if they are from US or Canada. Also, salaries in general are a lot higher in US and Canada than they are in Europe uh, generally. So having a junior position uh, freelance, let's say, uh, for a US client is going to be paid a lot better than if you have a senior one in Europe. Mm -hmm. So okay, yeah. well that, that's kind of, that's fascinating. I would have thought it would have been the inverse. Nope. <laughs> okay, good. So work with the Americans and the Canadians. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. So how do you manage the time difference? I mean, uh, most CG uh, so, guys. Sorry, cut, sorry, sorry, cut you, Ryan, but uh, I just saw a question in the chat which is related to the previous question. Uh, do By you mind means, if I answer it? Please. Yeah. Yeah. So Corinne is asking, what is the general salary in Europe? Uh, so it depends on the on the country because, uh, for example, in Spain, uh, 3D artists, uh, I know a lot of them in here, and average should be around 1,200 to 2,500, and that's the top you're probably going to get if you're per a senior. Month? Yeah, per month. Uh, so it's 2,500, the top yeah. you're going to get. Um, that is if you're good, like pretty, pretty good. I don't know many artists over that, probably one or two. Uh, well, if you're freelancing, you can make more, but not with Spanish clients, I can tell you. Mm. Um, average salary in other countries like Germany, France, and 
uh, the center of Europe are maybe double than that or sometimes triple, uh, but the economy in there is a lot better. Uh, entry level entry level in Spain will be closer to 1,200 or something like that. So yeah, uh, sorry I could you, Ryan. Uh, we can go with question. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about the time difference. Like, how do you work out the time difference with clients? Um, and and are you dealing with, you know, people that are? Are you dealing with like more executive types, or are you dealing with the artists? Uh, usually, uh, we work directly with art directors or producers. Okay. Sometimes outsourcing managers. Yeah. Uh, so dealing with the time is not really that problematic uh, if the client respects uh, respects you. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes we ju we just meet with the clients in in the morning for for them, and here is already 5 p.m. or something when we meet. So. It's a good time for a meeting. Uh, bad thing is that everything you you talk about in the meeting has to be done next day because it's almost the end of the day in here of the working mm -hmm. day. Right. Uh, but it's not really an issue. Uh, I don't find it to be problematic. I never had a problem with that. But some other clients uh, are the kind of clients that talk to you when it's already the evening in there and it's almost like 2 p.m. in here. 2 a.m. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Uh, so you're already, I don't know, partying or sleeping, and it's like it's not the time, man. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, that's my uh, brother-in-law is actually in Spain right now, and he called us at uh, three o'clock last night, I think it was, and he's like, "Oh, we're just getting three o'clock in the morning. We're just getting to dinner, you know." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Nothing's open before noon," and you know, I, I think dinner's. But the previous day started at 10 p.m. Yeah, so <laughs> different lifestyle. Yeah, right now it's around dinner time in here. Maybe one hour ago or something. Yeah, that's yep, awesome. So, um, what do you enjoy about uh, freelancing and working there in Europe as opposed to moving yourself to Canada or or something like that to be closer to the work? Um, you mean what? The reason I prefer working here than Canada, for yeah. example? Yeah. I actually don't really prefer this. Uh, it's just that I was born in here, so I moved to closer countries. Mm -hmm. And also because I don't need to get any kind of visa to move around Europe. I just have to go, and that's it. But yeah. if I want to go to US or Canada, I have to get a visa. Um, right. That takes a lot more time, and they ask you for some, oh, let's see, how, mu how much money do you make? So uh, yeah, it's more complicated, but here is good. I mean, you have a lot of variety of countries. You have cold countries, really hot countries, and okay countries. So <laughs> I think Europe is a, a cool place, like US, for example. I guess mm -hmm. they, you have the same. It's not wow. that different. Yeah. All right. Well, that sounds awesome. So. Um all right, my friend. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out, and um, and so sorry that I was a little bit late. But it was it's really cool to kind of see this this kind of transition that you're working from artist to now your own company. So I'd love to know, like, what's next? Where does it go for you? You know, in this next in this evolution. Well, right now I'm trying to to figure out the way. Uh, for the goal I set to myself, which is uh, 
having a multiple um, I can't really say much about it, but have yeah. multiple uh, destinations for the company. So for now, we are just doing what we know to do best, which is producing art. Uh, but we also have some something going on with uh, so our own project development. Okay. So probably try to get some titles out there, not really big ones, like mm -hmm. small games that can make people enjoy his, their time. Like same kind of philosophy I have for the work on my portfolio. Quick stuff that looks great and, and make you enjoy for a little bit. Yeah. And after that, time will tell. Don't really have a specific thing to do. Just have a final goal I can I want to get to. Yeah. Well what was the what's been one of the biggest benefits of starting your own company in, in building for this now, out? To be honest. For yeah. now, none. <laughs> yeah. No, just kidding. I mean, uh, we're getting no, pretty I, I good get deal. I get that. I, I've been in business eight years. I totally get that. It's like you just suddenly bought yourself more work. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. uh, right now, I'm working more hours than before, spending more money than before. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's pretty tough right now, but it's looking pretty good for the next few months and few years. Yeah. So I could uh, answer that question better in a few in a few months. <laughs> That's great. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out, and thank you guys for being here. And uh, it was really cool to, to kind of get your perspective on things, Mario. Great. I, I wish you all the luck in in what you're doing. Let me know if I can do anything. Thank you, Ryan. Same for you. Okay. All right. Take care, everybody. Have a great day. All right. Same, guys. Have a good day. See you, Mario. Bye, bye. All right. Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this. And I want to ask just two things of you. Number one, make sure to leave a comment or rank this wherever you are listening to it on Apple, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Really makes a difference in helping us get the word out about this industry and about what we do. Number two, make sure you visit vertexschool.com to learn more about what programs we offer in this area as a creative and for artists who are looking to jumpstart their career and discover a new industry. Again, thank you so much for listening. We're accepting applications right now, so I look forward to hearing from you soon.